Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Hey, boy. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is noon, it is Friday, it is time for Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Aaron Maloney is here. Aaron? So the Arizona Cardinals have just two games left in the season as they're getting ready to face the Falcons on Sunday morning in Atlanta. And we just found out that it will be David Plow getting the start at quarterback. Here's Cliff Kingsbury from just about 10 minutes ago. Yeah, he had uh, some symptoms show up yesterday after practice, so just out of abundance of caution, yeah, we decided to sit him this week and we'll start David Blau um, Sunday, give him a chance, um, evaluate him, see see how that goes, and then the last week kind of see where we're at between those two guys and uh, name a starter then. So how is Blau picking up the offense? He's a sharp kid, yeah. Um, no uh, some of the, you know, I'd say base concepts and, and the game plan stuff. He's done a nice job picking up this week, and, and so we'll, we'll make sure we tailor the script to stuff he feels good about and um, let him go try to play fast and execute at a high level. And then the last one, how did Trace McSorley take the news about Blau getting the start? Uh, he's a competitor, but he also understands the situation we're in and where we're at, and um, there's some evaluation that needs to be done at this point. So um, he's done a good job handling his uh, – his business and being ready to go if he needs to. So after hearing what you just heard from Cliff Kingsbury, what do you take from that? What do you take from, do you think they've seen enough of Trace McSorley and maybe don't think he's the answer at backup next season if Colt McCoy has to be the starter for a couple weeks? What do you take from that? Uh, I take one thing for sure. Cliff sounds like if they let everybody vote, if you want to have an 18-week season or go back to 17, he would vote go back to 17. Like, he just sounds to fry. Um, but secondly, to answer Aaron's real question, I, I, I don't buy the whole, like, well, we really need to evaluate David Blau. Like, why? You just picked him up two weeks ago. Like, are you really evaluating him for next season? So, yeah, I kind of I kind of feel like they've decided, yeah, we know what we have in Trace McSorley one way or the other. And now let's see if you have something in David Blau. But I'll say what I said last week going into the game, and it's even more extreme now. There's nothing David Blau can do on Sunday and next Sunday that would make Cardinals fans feel confident if he was starting week one next year. Oh, I agree with that 100%. But you still have to have backups. It, it lets us, we don't know, it, will it be Colt McCoy next year going into the season? Maybe, maybe not. But if it is, whoever it is, you need backups. Yeah. And so, and then Blau will have a full off season. So, hey, here's a way to give him some opportunity to play. Who knows? Maybe McSorley comes into the game at some point. As Cliff said, we'll, we'll see next week what to do. Wouldn't be surprised to see them both play, perhaps, in the game. I mean, why not? Give them, give them both, both snaps. No, there's no, no loss says you can't can't do that. So yeah, it's an evaluation of what what this quarterback room is going to look like going into next offseason. I would just like to amend my earlier statement in the show too where I said I felt like the Cardinals are going to end up winning this game. That was when I thought Colt McCoy was playing quarterback, not David Blau. Well, and I will say Cliff Kingsbury did say that DeAndre Hopkins has a little bit of a knee issue and he elaborated when they'll make a decision. Uh, probably tomorrow. We're going to see how he feels tomorrow and uh, go from there. So, there's still a chance to play, so that's good news. Uh, that statement
statement earlier when I said they were going to win was also when I thought DeAndre Hopkins yes. was playing. And that whole point there, he didn't even say it'll be a game time. They always say game time, but yeah. we know it's a game day because the decision has to be made 90 minutes before the game. But bottom line is he's saying we'll know tomorrow whether he can play on Sunday. Not even we're not even waiting until Sunday. I guess, although I guess you could always say, well, he worked out Sunday and it wasn't good. So who knows? You never know with Cliff anyway. What he tells us changes on a day on a on a minute by minute basis. Former NFL front office member and NFL insider Andrew Brandt, who has been around the game for over twenty years, had an interesting tweet yesterday. He said, "Quote: It usually takes a lot longer than six months after the deal is done for fans and media to ask when can the teams get out of those contracts." Hearing slash seeing this with Carr, Murray, and Wilson, life moves fast. Do you think that we here in the Valley are already to that point that we're wondering how the Cardinals can get out of the Kyler Murray contract? I think if we did a poll question, I don't know how you would word it, but if there was a way to get this out of the audience, I think a good chunk of the Cardinals fan listening audience would say, I was never in on this contract in right. the first place. And and I and to be fair to that group, I, it's not, I don't believe, revisionist history. It's not them being like, oh yeah, I'm all in on this contract, I signed Kyler, and then he didn't look good, and, and all of a sudden they're backing it up, or backing out of that. There's a lot of Cardinals fans that hated the deal in the first place. And so to answer your question, Aaron, yeah, I think there's probably more now that are like really tied to this guy for as long as we are. And, and maybe it's partially unfair. Like Russell Wilson in, in that uh, in that tweet, Russell Wilson looks like he might be done unless he figures something out. Kyler Murray shouldn't be done. You understand logistically why they gave him the deal. You also understand why they wanted to wait an additional year. I know Wolf and I talked about this all summer. We both would have loved to wait one more year. I still, I don't know what they would have done had they been able to wait one more year, but that wasn't even really an option. Yeah, and I think you're right on everything you just said. There's there's certain, certainly a percentage of people who say, well, well, yeah, I mean, he, he can still be a great quarterback. And there's always been that kind of some on one side and some on the other with Kyler and just all the different aspects of, of his play. But but all, bottom line is we can talk about it all we want, and it could be out there all they want, but the reality is pretty almost impossible to get out of it just because of, of the same with Russell Wilson with the cap hit that you would take you don't you almost have to be saying okay we're starting all over here because we're not going to have money to spend in the cap if we do that with the, with the dead hit that you would take and then and then go on from there I don't see the Cardinals doing that but but who knows with all the changes being made maybe anything's on the table the college football playoff gets underway tomorrow first at two o'clock number two Michigan will go head-to-head with number three TCU in the Fiesta Bowl then at Six, number one Georgia will face number four Ohio State in the Peach Bowl. Who you guys got to advance? Uh, I think we're going to see Georgia over Michigan in the final. I hope it's not that. I don't really care who wins Georgia, Ohio State. I, I'm I'm in on TCU. I think this would be a fun story if they and they're they've been a fun team all year. Probably not a fun team if you're a fan, just in terms of the stress levels, because they kept playing top twenty five teams and they kept falling behind and kept coming back and winning. There's some talent on that team. I, I would say they're the biggest underdog of the four, but I think they'd be the best story if they won it. Absolutely, I think it's a great story. I think a lot of people would love to see Jim Harbaugh uh, Jim Harbaugh squirming on the sideline at TCU's, giving them <laughs> a lot of a lot of problems. It's hard to imagine. Imagine that TCU would win this game, but who, who knows about that? George, yeah, I'm with you though. It's going to be Georgia and, and and Michigan in the final. It's hard. As good as Ohio State is on offense, the one thing we always have to keep in mind is 
these teams haven't played in a month. Yeah. And how in rhythm is Ohio State's offense going to be going against that Georgia defense? And so it's it's hard to imagine Ohio State really playing well on offense in that game. And that that one might be that one might be the most lopsided of the two. But I don't know if we're just hoping that TCU will give it a close game here here in Glendale. The other thing I hate about it too this year, and, and I don't I don't mind the, the final four, but I I hate the fact that two of the final four all we ever hear is all oh, regular season means everything. Conference championships are huge, and you know that's going to be the problem when they expand. Is all of a sudden that's not going to mean anything. Two of the final four teams lost their last game and are still in the playoffs. So, and I'm not saying they shouldn't have been the way the season broke down, but just don't. <laughs> we can end that narrative because TCU lost and Ohio State lost, yeah. and here they are in the final four, and they probably should be because USC lost and other teams lost too. But just that's it, it's a weird way for it to to ultimately break down this year. All right, that was Wolfen down your lunch. Thank you as always, Aaron. When we come back, been a lot of issues for the Cardinals this season. Has effort been one of them? You're going to hear what Vance Joseph had to say about that next. It's Wolf and Luke. Howard Balls are in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Alert, alert, alert! Presented by 72 Souls. 51, 51, let's go! Let's go, here we go! Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Back to the show, Wolf and Luke Howard Balls are in for Wolf today, and looking at this Cardinal season, the one thing they've been able to hold on to at this point, Howard, is that their effort has been there. Would you say that's that's yeah. fair? Yeah, I, I think it's definitely fair. And you know, some would say, well, that's what these guys get paid to do. Yeah, right? you're supposed to play hard. You're supposed to give the effort. And I think. You know, you credit that to, to the coaching staff, but also, you know, guys like J.J. Watt, Buda Baker, Kellen Beecham talked about it earlier that 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 stress that and 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 show the younger players and are constantly saying to them, hey, you're putting stuff on tape right now. You're putting stuff on tape, whether it's for next year, whether it's for another team. I mean, what the heck? Cardinals have 30 unrestricted free agents. When this season ends, it was 31. Now, J.J. Watt was going to be one. Now he won't be. But that's a lot of guys that are either hoping to be re-signed or going to be looking for an opportunity elsewhere. So those veteran guys have been stressing that all along. And so, yeah, the the effort's there. Obviously, the execution isn't. And that's been the story of this entire season. I'm just laughing slash, I don't even know what the word would be, thinking back to what August, Luke would would say or think if he heard how I just brought that back from break. We're going into week seventeen. Well, at least the effort's been there. <laughs> right. Like, oh, must have had a great season, <laughs> and it wasn't, and it's still going. Um, <laughs> that's that's. I wouldn't say been questioned, but there was a little bit of uh, you know discrepancy. If you watched Hard Knocks this week, a lot of people were looking and saying, okay, you know, Cliff after the games is like, okay, everything, you know, I, I, I at least I, I'm thankful for the effort you guys are giving, but, uh, you know, it's just not working at the very end. And then there was sort of that, there's that scene at the beginning of the last episode where Vance Joseph was addressing the defense and was talking about, okay, you gotta, we need everybody to be playing like Buda Baker. We got everybody playing like J.J. Watt, right? Like that effort can't just go away. 
So people were wondering, like, so has the effort not been there in, in Vance Joseph's eyes? But he was asked about that yesterday, and here's what he had to say. It has not. It has not. What What you want to do as a coach is when you're not having success and you got three or four more weeks, right? You're getting ahead of your problems, right? You, you're basically warning the players that, you know, we can't have this and we can't have that, you know? So that's what good coaches do, in my opinion. You know, you don't let it happen first and then address it, right? You hopefully, as a like a parent almost, you know, you kind of see it coming, you know, and kind of feel. It's been a tough, long season, you know, and players, you know, have certain feelings. They have outsiders talking to them about certain things, you know, so it was a friendly reminder that let's not ever, you know, put it on tape where you're not hustling or out of leverage and those things and let's, uh, you know, do it right, you know, because it's, it's, it's your resume and the tapes, the tape never goes away. You know, if you're a free agent, if you're a guy who wants to be in the league next year and some scout's watching the tape, he has no idea that we're four and, you know, four and ten or whatever, right? And, and the score is 35 to 14. He doesn't care. He's watching you. So it's a reminder more, more than a issue that we've had all year. You know, our guys have played hard all year, so I have no problem with our group. Yeah. And just to, to clear up the beginning of that too, when I said, you know, is, is, was he saying, has the effort been there all year? The better way to set that up was he was asked, has effort been a problem? Right. And that's why he said it is not. Right. And it was pointed out how from the clip on Hard Knocks, and that's what, what led to it. And there was that incident, let's remember, at the end of the 49ers game in Mexico City when Troy Aikman went, went, you know, went ballistic on Antonio Hamilton mm-hmm. for saying he gave up on a play and that's an embarrassment to the organization and the whole thing. And then, then of course, Hard Knocks you watch and there's a clip of Antonio Hamilton taking responsibility and saying that's on me, but man, I thought he stepped out of bounds. Mm-hmm. And so... It's unfortunate sometimes if you take one play and all of a sudden make that as the belief that that's the way it it had been for everyone. And I think that happens a lot of times, Luke, in this game overall in the NFL. I mean, it's like, oh, this team, the defense is terrible. This is that. This is that. A lot of times it's one guy. Right, it's yeah. one guy who misses a block, or it's one guy. That's all it takes, that, though. Yeah, that, that's all it takes. Exactly. Sometimes to blow up a play, it's not like every guy's doing something wrong. If it, if it was everybody being that bad, you you lose seventy to nothing. And that 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 obviously It'd be Denver last week. Yeah, right. That, that that doesn't happen normally. And so, like he said, he like Vance Joseph said, he's he's trying to get get ahead of it. Then after that, he was also asked about they also they had also put up that little. A clip of Buda Baker, you know, coming from from facing the defense from the facing the offense from the left side, looping around and then going straight across the line of scrimmage and making a, a tackle on the on the other side, and that was brought up. Vance Joseph said, he says, yeah, that's a perfect example. Right. An example wasn't just Buddha, but it was play 68. The yeah. game was pretty much over. You know, but Buddha's never not going to finish a game, right? You know, most veterans, when you out, you down by two scores with two minutes to go and the game's done, right? Most veterans want off the field. Buddha wants on the field. So that was the, that was the message there. It wasn't about just Buddha. That's the way he puts all the time. But it was play 68 and the game was pretty much over. And that's the lesson for our young kids. But everyone on the tape was going. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Buddha was obviously, he was an example, but I mean, junk on the front side. I mean, it was it was physical until the end. So that's what we want. Buddha's never not going to finish a game. Right. It, it's, it's very apropos because he played with a fractured shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> that came against the Buccaneers and finished that one, too. I wonder what this is. You mentioned Troy Aikman. So two things on, on, on Buddha. One, Troy Aikman calls Buddha. Baker during the game, and it completely throws off my viewing experience. Every time the Cardinals are on Monday Night Football, he's like, oh, there's a nice play there by Baker. And I'm like, Baker? Who's Baker? Baker Mayfield <laughs> on the field? Which one's, who is that? But I do wonder what the Cardinals look like in these last two games 
without Buddha. Not that I think the effort's going to wane. I especially don't think the effort's going to wane because everybody knows these are J.J. Watt's last two games. So I don't think that I don't think that'll be an issue. Which is why coming into the show today, I thought they would beat Atlanta. Now that's all up in the air with David Blau, a quarterback, and who knows about DeAndre Hopkins. But I wonder what this defense looks like without Buda Baker. Not just because of all the plays he makes that he probably shouldn't make, but just that sort of mentality. When you look at it that way, yeah, this team was was never going to quit because of Buda Baker and JJ right. Watt on that defense, and now one of them is gone. Yeah, and it's 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 going to be interesting to see how it goes, and especially in that secondary. I mean, it's going to be Isaiah Simmons at times in that safety spot, Chris Banjo, who is definitely an effort guy, but. I mean, heck, he's he's Chris Banjo. And then you have the corners, which it might very well be like two weeks ago when none of your top three corners are in the game. And they, they're signing guys, new guys to the practice squad this week. Heck, you know what? One of their practice... Here's how crazy this season has been, Luke, and a lot of people didn't notice this one. Nate Hairston, who had been on the practice squad all year and then was elevated for, the, for a game because of all the injuries at corner, he got hurt. And he's now on practice squad injured. I, they actually I, have a practice squad injured did list. Did you know that before this week? I didn't know there was a practice oh, yeah, squad injured. Okay, well, I, I, that's something I learned this season with the Cardinals. And they've they've had, I believe, during the season, four or five different guys go on the practice squad injured list. <laughs> in addition to the regular injured reserve, so ridiculous. I mean, that's. I mean, they're just getting guys injured all the time. I mean, it's it's just my it's just mind boggling. So that's that's what they're dealing with at corner, and who knows who the, all the active corners are going to be. One of them is Matthew. I guess Jace Whitaker will be active again, who had been released from the practice squad in November and brought back because of these late injuries. So you know, we'll see if Marco Wilson or Antonio Hamilton can play. He has another, you know, he started the season, obviously, with that crazy burn situation with his foot. foot. Then he missed a game with a back injury, and you notice that, that thing he was wearing on his, oh, with no, all the knocks, blinking yeah. lights. Well, then in the game, he injured his hip, and he hasn't practiced this week because of a hip injury. So, I mean, how, many, how many injuries can you have? To your point, Cliff Kingsbury was asked about the update on Hamilton and Marco Wilson. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, Antonio will be out, and then Marco, we're going to see how it feels tomorrow. <laughs> I was hoping that thing on his back during Hard Knocks because it was on Christmas Day was just like really he got aggressive with the decorating was wearing Christmas lights but that's not what it was Antonio Hamilton <laughs> also hurt and that's a guy where and this isn't even like a Cardinals thing it's just more like that guy's been waiting to start in the NFL for so long and he gets his chance at the you know at the end of camp and then he has the really unfortunate weird injury in the kitchen and like that's a guy who you would like to see out there just for him these final yeah. couple weeks um all right, here's here's the funny part of this season, though. I mean, this might be the highlight of the season, right? J.J. Watt teased this yesterday, talking about Jesse Lucada's reaction to uh, to J.J. Watt's retirement. He said, look, I got these FaceTime from this number I didn't recognize and this call, and then I finally saw the video, and he's like, I, I don't know if, uh, if I can play it. Well, he got permission, so here it is, all right? This is Jesse Lucada. <laughs> it's... Very difficult to understand. You got to pretend you are JJ Watt, and you 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 announce your retirement, and then you look on your phone, and you get this from Jesse Lucada. JJ, JJ, I need a season. I need a side jersey, JJ. That's all I was gonna call and tell you. That's all, Bye, JJ. <laughs> the ending is so great. That's all. Bye, JJ. <laughs> and and if you go to the to the Cardinals Twitter Twitter uh, 
deal, right? They have the picture of him as he's talking with the, with the cotton stuck in his mouth. The picture makes it's even better. Yeah, it's even yeah. better. And but here's the great thing. He, he and he. JJ then said that he spoke to Jesse later in the day when he was more lucid. Yeah, and they were laughing, and he said, "Hey, I still want that yeah. jersey." And JJ said, "You're going to get it." Well, guess what? He got the jersey today. Yeah, well, he they, should. Yeah, he he got the jersey already, and it's autographed, and it says Jesse. Let me see if I can read the. Actually, JJ signs, and you can actually read it. It says, "Your story inspires me, brother." I appreciate you, and thanks for the laughs. Yeah, we. I got. I know we're late to break. I got to play this again. You get a picture, of Jesse Lucade of cotton in the mouth. Just got. Just got his wisdom teeth out. Like he. The, he. JJ Watt said he sent this right as he woke up, and he's like, "Wait, JJ Watt retired. I got to get that jersey." JJ. JJ. I need a signed jersey, JJ. That's how I was in a college, I hear. That's how I JJ. I just love that that's all. <laughs> I, wonder, JJ. I, I wonder how many players now are going to be asking for a jersey. Well, you can get your wisdom teeth removed and do that. By the way, in his note, when he when he, he sent the picture of the jersey, Jesse did, and it said, update, got the jersey. Hashtag Blessed Friday. So <laughs> I just like that he was cool enough to be like, yeah, go ahead, release yeah. it. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Probably, probably can't avoid it because it's <laughs> going to be on hard knocks. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. All right, we come back over to basketball. Devin Booker out for at least the next, what now, three and a half weeks. Who on the Suns, beyond that big three, needs to step up for this team to start winning games again? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke Howard Balls are in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. <laughs> Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hi, welcome back to the show. The Suns back at it tonight. They are in Toronto, ready to take on the Raptors. Kevin Ray of Valley Sports will join us in a little bit. Tell you what, Howard, Howard Balzer's in for Wolf today. Told you at the start of the show, I'm wearing these like headphones that I found in my mm-hmm. car because I forgot my actual headphones. See, it lasted two and a half hours. Now I just can't hear anything out of them, so this is great. <laughs> I'm not even sure these are real headphones. I should just put two like soup cans with a string and just wear those instead. These are uh, these are a mess. <laughs> this could be a, an interesting final hour and a half of the show. If you just start talking and I look at you with a, a blank stare. because you don't hear a word I say. There's at least a chance. Otherwise, it just might be a blank stare. I don't know. It's Friday. But yeah, probably. It's probably at this point. Well, maybe that's a good thing. You. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> the listeners can still hear you, though. Uh, with the Suns, they are in Toronto tonight trying to get back on track here. What are they now? Four and nine in their last 13 games. You have you don't you don't seem to have a whole lot of consensus from Suns fans on on one thing right now. How much these games matter, and I, I'll admit I kind of go back on back and forth on it a little bit too because you have the group of Suns fans that's like big deal. They'll be in the playoffs. It's all about getting ready for the playoffs, and and I I mainly believe that, and I want to believe it. But you are in a conference where you could very easily drop into the play-in tournament. You could be in the play-in round, and I know, I know, we're not even to the halfway point of the season. But you could be in that range um, tonight, actually, <laughs> and you could be, you could drop all the way out of it by like the end of this weekend. You could be on the outside looking in, even to the play-in. Now, do I think they will make a run back up when they get everybody healthy? Yes. 
it'd be nice to see everybody healthy at some point. But everything is so bunched up, and I just I look at where this team is trying to get to, and to me, you have to finish top six in the regular season. You you, you can't you can't mess around in a one and done against Luca or Damian Lillard or. Golden State right now is down there. I don't think they'll still be down there, but you don't want to be in a one-and-done against Steph. Um, I think you need to be top six, and I'm looking right now, even outside the top ten, there are teams like Minnesota and even the Lakers that might climb their way into the top ten, too. So it's just there's it's not a given if you keep losing nine out of 13 games that you're going to be able to even be in a position to make a run. So these games, including the next four weeks with no Devin Booker, mean more, I would say, than they did last year at this time. Probably do. And even if you, if you are six, I mean, you're still playing the number three seed uh-huh. in the first round. And, of course, they have the other team has the home court advantage. So I, I think the one saving grace is what you have to believe is, is the way the Suns were playing in the beginning of the season when Chris Paul wasn't playing that well and then he missed some time is that was pretty darn good basketball. And so you have to believe that at the end of the year, we don't know what reinforcements will come, but whatever it is, just with the team they have, you look at that and say, well, they should be able to put on a run at the end of the regular season to get in a much better position for the postseason. And so that's that's the belief. I don't think that's an unreasonable belief. That should happen. Yeah, exactly. And so now the key, of course, is... I think there will be, you're, you're figuring it out, that depending on when Hopkins, I'm not Hopkins, uh, Booker, <laughs> when Booker comes back. Everybody and, in the city's injured, so yeah, exactly. which, which star player do you want to talk about? So when, when Booker comes back and is cleared to play, how many games will be left? It might only be around 20, but 20 is still a good number of games where you can make a good run and get yourself in good position. It is hard to fathom. That with a team that only lost 18 games mm-hmm. all last season, and here we are right around the halfway point, and they've already lost 16. They've lost 10 this month. Yeah, and that's and I was just going to say, yeah, that just this last stretch has put them where they are. But it, it just shows how not having guys matters, and and, it, and and for that last quarter of the season, whatever it is, then you should be in a lot better shape, and, and assuming... Maybe it's a big assumption, but assuming Johnson and Payne are back before Booker, that makes them better and should make them somewhat more consistent and not be in one of these tailspins like they're in now. The pushback is always, okay, well, look at Golden State did last year. And and again, is that the model you'd like to follow? Yeah, because Golden State won a title. But a couple of things that are different with that are Golden State has done it before. They right. had won titles before. The other thing that's different about it, though, is it's not like Golden State had to go out and make some big move at the deadline either. You know what I mean? They were just similar to what the Suns are in the sense of trying to get guys healthy. But you look at the Suns team, and I think a lot of people believe to... to I'm still looking at it through the lens of can you get to the NBA Finals. You're going to have to make a move with Jay Crowder, and you're probably going to have to make some sort of other move as well, or it's going to have to be a bigger move with Jay Crowder with other stuff involved to, to you know, to get a, a higher caliber player than just a player basically that another team doesn't want. 
that you might see something in. So to to do that and expect things to just flip when your team isn't playing together, and it's not the Suns' fault. And look, they're just like resting guys. They're not just resting guys. They wouldn't just be sitting Devin Booker. They wouldn't have. They wouldn't be sitting Landry Shamet or Cam Johnson. These are obviously legit injuries. But it doesn't really matter how they've gotten to this point. Their guys aren't playing together. Right. Cam Johnson needs these games. He's not getting them. Landry Shamet is now going to miss again tonight. And on the one hand, is it like ridiculous that we're talking about Landry Shamet getting reps? Yeah, except nobody else is playing either. So this would be a chance for him to to get some reps, and he was looking half decent. You know what the overriding question to all of this is? Because every conversation somewhere along the line, the whole Jay Crowder name gets thrown into it. Mm -hmm. What's going to be interesting is at some point, will we find out where this whole relationship went totally sideways. Every, nice, everyone has their speculation, but you would have thought that it wouldn't have been that bad that when, okay, we couldn't make a trade, at least be playing him, right? Yeah. I mean, he'd be, he'd be helping making this team better now. And he was, a, obviously, he was a big emotional part, big leader part of that team when he was on it. And just the way he plays and is aggressive and all that, man, I mean, what, what got this to where it is where you're just, Paying a guy not to play. Yeah. It's and crazy. Need, it, it, it's, like, it's like you need to get somewhere right now, and you ha- you're, you're making car payments, and there's a car in your driveway, and you're like, I guess I'll just walk. Like, no, no. You have the car. You're paying for it. It's right there. Not that Jay Crowder instantly solves everything, but you're so right. What went so wrong where you would rather just sit here and keep losing games where he could potentially help you, or on his end, yeah, he just doesn't want. He just whatever something happened, yeah. I don't want to be part of this. Whoever it is, whether it's the Suns or Jay, and it's probably a little bit of both. But I mean, this is not good for Jay Crowder either. No, and it's contract year, and how many teams that are looking at him? If it's if it's his decision, like they've done a good job of keeping it behind closed doors, but I'm sure people around the NBA have their theories if they don't know. And if I'm a team looking to add Jay Crowder next year. I'm looking at him like, he's willing to just sit out a whole year over something that, yeah, it had to be a big deal, but was it really that big of a deal? I feel like we would have heard about it if it was that big Mm -hmm. of a deal. So I don't know which side is being stubborn, but they're both losing. And it kind of feels self-inflicted at this point, doesn't it? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. And that's why... You need some closure on it. And maybe it'll come. Maybe, who knows? Maybe we'll never really find out the true story. It's hard to believe we won't, but we'll see when that is. You'd also think that would drive up his value if he was playing. Um, we talked about this before the show, too. We were going to get into it right here at the end of the segment with Pele passing yesterday. You mm-hmm. ha- you're not a soccer guy, but you have no. a Pele story. Yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. I was in New York at the time when he played for the Cosmos. And I didn't go to a lot of soccer games, and but I was at a Cosmos game, and I don't even re- remember why. <laughs> and, and it was, this was either 76, 1976 or 1977. I obviously knew how great the guy was and didn't, hadn't watched a lot of soccer. So I'm watching the game, and there was a picture that was shown on the news last night with, with the news that he had passed away. And it showed him with both of his legs up in the air, like extended. And as soon as I saw that, I said, yeah, that, I saw that. Well, you he, were at that game? Oh, I don't know if it was that game, but he probably did it more than once in his career. Which in itself tells you all you need to know about his career. Yeah. <laughs> He's making that but, move more than once. He was coming down the field with the ball, right? And he gets to a point outside the box, maybe, what is that, maybe 20, 25 yards away. Okay. And I don't remember, I think, I don't remember which leg he did first, but he did the scissors kick where the one leg went up in the air as if he was going to kick it, but didn't. 
and then kicked the ball with his other foot while the other foot was in the air. Yeah. And he scored. <laughs> it was a rocket. <laughs> and I and it's one of those things where I'll never forget that Joe Buck TV call when Kirk Gibson hit that home run uh-huh. in the World Series. Yeah. I can't believe what I just saw. That was that one. I can't believe what I just saw. I was, did I really see that? It, it was amazing. And I'll... I'll, I'll Always remember that for heck. It's been almost fifty years. Yeah, I mean, think about that. It's, you're not a soccer guy. It's no. been almost fifty years, and you instantly can recall it. And that's something that he did a lot. Probably, yeah. <laughs> like just, I mean, the consistency with with how great he was. It's it's uh, it's unbelievable. All right, if you are headed to the college football semifinal at State Farm Stadium, get the party started at the College Football Hall of Fame free tailgate starting at 10 a.m. on the Great Lawn at Sportsman's Park. There's going to be music, food, beverages, special guests. It's going to make this tailgate party memorable. Admission is free, 10 a.m. on the Great Lawn at Sportsman's Park. And when we come back with the college football playoffs set to get underway tomorrow, how much are you looking forward to it expanding in the future? And how much are you looking forward to these games this weekend? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke. Howard Balls are in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader football friday with wolf and luke presented by 72 soul arizona sports the local sports leader yeah i'm admittedly distracted by the duke's mayo bowl on tv right now not because I care who wins between Maryland and NC State, obviously at all. But uh, you remember last year, right? When when I don't remember who won. Was it South Carolina last year when they took the they dumped the whole Gatorade thing of mayonnaise on the winning coach and they just clocked <laughs> yeah. Shane Bieber in, in the back of the head? Remember last year? Like it wasn't just the mayo; they hit him with the thing. So I will. Uh, abs- I'm hoping this ends before our show ends. They're late third quarter right now. It doesn't look like it's the greatest game between. Maryland and uh, NC State. But that's going on right now. That would be the undercard to the undercard to the undercard to what's going on tomorrow. Here in the Valley, you got the Fiesta Bowl, and uh, you have Michigan and TCU. And then, of course, you have the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl going on, uh, the other semifinal tomorrow night, Ohio State against Georgia. So let's just start right there. We kind of got into it during Wolf and Down Your Lunch earlier, Howard, but you're initial prediction out of these two games not not just results but like do you think these are going to be close games i'm not sure the georgia game will be close yeah i'm kind of worried about that too and if ohio state can get some offense going against just a unbelievably good defense maybe that can be a close game but it's hard to be real confident that it will i think i think michigan tcu might be i think that you know michigan's not a particularly they're good on offense, but they're not particularly explosive. We know what TCU can be capable of on offense with the dual threat quarterback and the different things that they can they can do. So I think that one has a better chance of being of being a close game. So uh, we'll see. You know, Michigan's real good, obviously, and. In some cases, probably some people are thinking, well, you know, it might have been better to be what the old system was, where they just pick the two best and let them play right off the bat and don't, don't have these preliminary games, because a lot of times the preliminary games disappoint. But I'm, I'm hopeful at least that, that TCU, I'm hopeful both games will be close, certainly, but I think the TCU Michigan game has a better chance of that happening. Yeah, it's, um, it, it does seem to be one of the few years where it would just be like, okay, if there were two teams, that'd be fine. Um, I hope I, I hope we see an upset. Like, this is the thing. We never really seem to see those upsets in the college football playoff, at least not often enough that you see in March Madness. And obviously there's 64 teams or 66 or whatever. We've bumped the number up to 68 now in, in March Madness. But this is... Um, 
If it's just Georgia against Michigan, fine. Uh, we saw that game last year, and I know it's a, mm-hmm. the different teams, but that wasn't a very good game. Right. So I, I don't know. Like I said earlier, I hope TCU is able to to make a run here. They've got Quentin Johnson. He's going to be maybe the first receiver off the board in the draft. I mean, <laughs> I always had this conversation with Kellen Olson when we are talking about the Suns because when I used to do the rundown, Kellen was here at night, and so that was kind of the first time Kellen would come on the radio. Was like, was just doing the show from 6 to 8, and Kellen was out there. It's like, hey, you want to come on and talk Suns? And those, that was like 2018, 2019, not great years for the Suns. And so Kellen would be out there watching every college basketball game he could because it mattered because the Suns were drafting so high. Unfortunately, here we are going into a huge weekend of college football. These guys that are playing, the best players in these games matter because the Cardinals are going to be picking Somewhere between two and six, probably, in this draft. And even just looking at these four teams, there's other games, obviously, going on this weekend. But, like, just these these four teams, Jalen Carter, that could be somebody that the Cardinals end up drafting if they pick in the top five uh, out of Georgia. C.J. Stroud, they're not going to draft, but if he ends up shooting up draft boards that much more, then that makes it that much easier for you to trade out of that pick if you have like the third pick. I mean, there's there's quite a few players that are going to be playing in bowl games this weekend that directly one of them, two of them maybe, because the Cardinals pick so high in the second round too, two of them are probably going to be playing for the Cardinals and like hopefully playing a lot next year. No doubt. And what an offseason. I mean, we've seen what this last year has been like. And now we're heading into an offseason of so much wondering and uncertainty about so many things. And, and of course, draft season begins right away. I mean, you have to start having the all-star games and, and the combine comes up pretty quick and, 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 and all that as we, as we see what, not, not only what this team is going to look like. I mean, heck, we're talking about evaluating these quarterbacks and evaluating these players. Is this coaching staff even going to be the ones evaluating them going forward? I mean, we we don't know any of that, which we'll find out soon enough, obviously. Yes, yeah, yeah. we're like a week and a half away from finding yeah, a lot exactly. of this out. Yeah, exactly. And so, but yeah, the, these games is fun to watch and see those guys are going to be in the draft. Some some we won't know officially until the middle of January when the underclassmen have to declare, but. As always, there'll they'll, they'll be a lot of jockeying for position. And there'll they'll be guys, Luke, that right now are not even being thought of as a, quote, as a top 10 pick. That all of a sudden, I mean, I can remember a few years ago when at the Senior Bowl, all of a sudden the guy everyone was talking about was Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. And no one had even been talking about him at all. And all of a sudden he was everyone who was talking about it, and then ended up being, uh, what, second overall pick, I think it was? Yeah. In the draft. And, and, so, and he was really good for a year. And he was. He was really good. And then a lot of things happened in Philadelphia, and his, his everything with him has, has, gone, has gone south. But whew, that, that's obviously going to be a tremendously important draft for this team, whatever happens in free agency, they're going to get some compensatory picks, probably one at the end of the third round for losing uh, Chandler Jones, so they've, they've really got to make them count, and heck, right now we don't even know who's going to be making those choices. Yeah, no, that's true, but I, I would be cool if a lot of the players that you were drafting were off like the Alabamas and Georgias of yeah. the world. You know, we, not, not that you can't be a good player coming out of a smaller school, I kind of tried that for a little bit. I'm fine, like drafting like the sure things out of the Alabamas and the Georgias, and those. Just stick to those two. Yeah, <laughs> just go no, with that. Use that as the tiebreaker right now for a little bit coming because you're going to be picking so high in every round. The other angle on this that is something to keep an eye on, not just this weekend, but in the in the college football playoff this year. 
There are people that believe Jim Harbaugh wants to get back into the NFL. I don't know where you are on that. I don't think he's going to do it anytime real soon. I, I mean, what's the path there? The path would be if he wins the national title at Michigan, right? That would make it more likely? Probably, where he would say, okay, I've accomplished here what I set out to do, and now I'll, I'll look at the NFL. But the one negative about it, it's not negative, at least, that makes makes me think it won't happen, is he? it has to be just the perfect situation. Yeah. For him, because he's he's gonna the one thing he has at Michigan is he has total control of that football program. When you come to the NFL, a lot of times you don't have total control. He'll want that, but how do we know how good he'll be? You know, everyone says, "Well, Sean Payton, if the Cardinals can get him, he can give him full control." Well, how do you know how good he's going to be with full control? You don't in terms of decisions and who you draft and and all those things. You have to you still have to lean on your personnel department for so much of that. And I've always thought that college and this situation for Harbaugh is the, probably the best thing for him. It really it, it, they've been to the playoff now two years in a row. Um, I knew plenty of Michigan fans two and a half years ago that wanted them fired, and I, such is the life I guess in college football when you expect to win a national championship every year, but. He's, he was there last year. He's there this year. He's favored in the first round. Michigan is, is pretty heavily favored against TCU. That doesn't mean anything once the game starts. But to your point, he's in a pretty good spot because he doesn't really have to answer to anybody. Mm-hmm. And when he was an NFL coach, it was a pretty good coach. But, man, it sure felt like he didn't get along with anybody <laughs> that, that, that told him what to do. Now, I don't know if that's true, but that was sort of the, the vibe in San Francisco. Yeah, we're going to get to the Super Bowl, but then all of a sudden Harbaugh's just basically gone not too long after that. Um, I don't know. I, I really can't see him leaving. I, I, I've heard the speculation of like, well, you know, if they get to the, the championship and lose to, to Georgia, maybe he'll be more likely to leave. I would think that would make it almost impossible for him to leave because you got that close. Here's uh, Paul Feinbaum today talking about what a national championship would do for Jim Harbaugh's legacy. If he wins uh, in, in a week and a half, it's going to be one of the most remarkable turnarounds. Because it's been said before, but I'll say it again. Uh, two years ago, Jim Harbaugh was a whisker away from getting fired. Had it not been for COVID, now you can say that about a lot of things, he would have been fired. They just simply couldn't afford to get rid of him and, and, and blow the program up. They stayed with him, not because they wanted to, but because they had to. He took, a, he took a massive pay cut, and what has he done? He's won the Big Ten two years in a row. He's beat his rival two years in a row, and he's knocking on the door of possibly a national championship in Michigan. Must be nice to really want to make a, a stupid move and not be able to and have it work out. <laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. And now he's in the position where it's hard. Now, granted, you're not going to win the national championship every year, but when you're in one of those programs in college football where it's not very hard to recruit and it's not the grind that the NFL is for 11 months of the year, yeah. and as hard as it is to win in the NFL, because there's so many things, even, even if you're in control, there's so many things out of your control, even just the size of the roster. We hear all the time with the Cardinals, oh, well, they weren't prepared for, you know, for depth and injuries. Well, you know, when you lose so many guys, you can't be prepared for that because you're signing guys off the street to come in and play and start for you. So that's why probably Nick Saban has stayed there in Alabama so long. I mean, gosh, why, why wouldn't you in that situation? And 
You know, now he's got even more motivation because they didn't make the playoff uh, this year. But that's that, that's that's a good spot, good spot to be. And you can go to an NFL team and think it's the right position. Yeah, but who's your quarterback and what's this? The best thing for the best thing for him might be that the players change so often yeah. in college, <laughs> and you know he, his way. Okay, he's wearing on some guys. Fine. Well, okay, they're They'll gone. Be gone anyway. Yeah. You know, and the other thing for for Harbaugh, and, and this may change in two years, right? When USC and UCLA get there, but this year and really last year too, for for Michigan and Ohio State, especially Ohio State this year. If you look at Ohio State's schedule, played a bunch of unranked teams, played Michigan, lost, made the playoff. Like that is a you could not ask for a better setup right now. Now I'm not saying Ohio State isn't one of the four best teams anyway, but the path to get there it's pretty low stress when it's like, hey, can you beat Rutgers? Yep. Mm-hmm. Good enough. You're in. And then when they expand the playoff, you're going to be. You're probably going to be in it. Yeah. Now, how far you go after that, so be it. But you're still going to be in it. And some would probably figure, hey, you know what? If we even if we're not in the top four, and we're in the next four, right? Yeah. We're, we'll have a home game. Yeah. You'll be there pretty much every in, year. In Ann Arbor, Michigan <laughs> is going to be in the playoff every year, probably for the next. You know, maybe next year. Who knows? But once they expand, yeah, pretty much all the time. All right, we come back back to the NFL. We at the point around the valley where Cardinals fans are questioning that Kyler Murray contract. Have we been there for a while? And we'll talk about it next. It's Wolf and Luke Howard Balzer in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.